Devotion 18 from Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions by John Dunn. Devotion 18. At inde mortuus es, sonitu celeri, pusuque agitado. The bell rings out and tells me in him that I am dead. 18. Meditation. The bell rings out, the pulse thereof is changed. The tolling was a faint and intermitting pulse upon one side. This stronger and argues more and better life. His soul has gone out, and as a man who had a lease of one thousand years after the expiration of a short one, or an inheritance after the life of a man in a consumption, he has now entered into the possession of his better estate. His soul is gone, whither? Who saw it come in, or who saw it go out? Nobody. Yet everybody is sure he had one, and hath none. If I will ask mere philosophers what the soul is, I shall find amongst them that will tell me, it is nothing but the temperament and harmony, and just and equal composition of the elements in the body, which produces all those faculties which we ascribe to the soul. And so in itself is nothing, no separable substance that overlives the body. They see the soul as nothing else in other creatures, and they affect an impious humility to think as low of man. But if my soul were no more than the soul of a beast, I could not think so. That soul that can reflect upon itself, consider itself, is more than so. If I will ask, not mere philosophers, but mixed men, philosophical divines, how the soul, being a separate substance, enters into man, I shall find that some will tell me that it is by generation and procreation from parents, because they think it hard to charge the soul with the guiltiness of original sin, if the soul were infused into a body in which it must necessarily grow foul, and contract original sin whether it will or no. And I shall find some that will tell me that it is by immediate infusion from God, because they think it hard to maintain an immortality in such a soul as should be begotten and derived with the body from mortal parents. If I will ask, not a few men, but almost whole bodies, whole churches, what becomes of the souls of the righteous at the departing thereof from the body, I shall be told by some that they attend an expiation, a purification in a place of torment, by some that they attend the fruition of the sight of God in a place of rest, but yet but of expectation, by some that they pass into an immediate possession of the presence of God. St. Augustine studied the nature of the soul as much as anything but the salvation of the soul, and he sent an express messenger to St. Jerome to consult of some things concerning the soul. But he satisfies himself with this. Let the departure of my soul to salvation be evident to my faith, and I care less how dark the entrance of my soul into my body be to my reason. It is the going out more than the coming in that concerns us. This soul this bell tells me is gone out, whither? Who shall tell me that? I know not who it is, much less what he was, the condition of the man and the course of his life, which should tell me whither he is gone, I know not. I was not there in his sickness, nor at his death. I saw not his way, nor his end, nor can ask them who did, thereby to conclude or argue whither he is gone. But yet I have one nearer me than all these, mine own charity. I ask that, and that tells me he has gone to everlasting rest, and joy, and glory. I owe him a good opinion. It is but thankful charity in me, because I received benefit and instruction from him when his bell tolled. And I, being made the fitter to pray by that disposition, 
wherein I was assisted by his occasion, did pray for him. And I pray not without faith, so I do charitably, so I do faithfully believe, that that soul is gone to everlasting rest and joy and glory. But for the body, how poor a wretched thing is that! We cannot express it so fast, as it grows worse and worse. That body, which scarce three minutes since was such a house as that that soul, which made but one step from thence to heaven, was scarce thoroughly content to leave that for heaven. That body hath lost the name of a dwelling-house, because none dwells in it, and is making haste to lose the name of a body, and dissolve into putrefaction. Who would not be affected to see a clear and sweet river in the morning, grow a kennel of muddy land-water by noon, and condemned to the saltness of the sea by night? And how lame a picture, how faint a representation is that, of the precipitation of man's body to dissolution. Now all the parts built up and knit by a lovely soul, now but a statue of clay, and now these limbs melted off as if that clay were but snow, and now the whole house is but a handful of sand, so much dust, and but a peck of rubbish, so much bone. If he who, as this bell tells me, is gone now, were some excellent artificer, who comes to him for a cloak or for a garment now? Or for counsel if he were a lawyer? if a magistrate for justice. Man, before he hath his immortal soul, hath a soul of sense, and a soul of vegetation before that. This immortal soul did not forbid other souls to be in us before, but when this soul departs it carries all with it. No more vegetation, no more sense. Such a mother-in-law is the earth, in respect of our natural mother. In her womb we grew, and when she was delivered of us, we were planted in some place, in some calling in the world. In the womb of the earth we diminish, and when she is delivered of us, our grave opened for another. We are not transplanted, but transported, our dust blown away with profane dust, with every wind. 18. Expostulation My God, my God, if expostulation be too bold a word, do thou mollify it with another. Let it be wonder in myself, let it be but problem to others. But let me ask, why wouldst thou not suffer those that serve thee in holy services to do any office about the dead, Leviticus 21.1, or assist at their funeral? Thou hadst no counsellor, thou needst none. Thou hast no controller, thou admittest none. Why do I ask? In ceremonial things, as that was, any convenient reason is enough. Who can be sure to propose that reason that moved thee in the institution thereof? I satisfy myself with this that in those times the Gentiles were overfull of an over-reverent respect to the memory of the dead, a great part of the idolatry of the nations flowed from that, an over-amorous devotion, an over-zealous celebrating, and over-studious preserving of the memories and the pictures of some dead persons. And by the vain glory of men they entered into the world, Wisdom 14.14, 14, and their statues and pictures contracted an opinion of divinity by age, that which was at first but a picture of a friend grew a god in time, as the wise men notes, they called them gods which were the work of an ancient hand, Wisdom 13.10. And some have assigned a certain time, when a picture should come out of minority, and be at age to be a god in sixty years after it is made. Those images of men that had life, and some idols of other things which never had any being, are by one common name called promiscuously dead and for that the wise man reprehends the idolater, for health he prays to that which is weak, and for life he prays to that which is dead, Wisdom 13.18. Should we do so, says thy prophet, Isaiah 18.19. Should we go from the living to the dead? 
so much ill then being occasioned by so much religious compliment exhibited to the dead, thou, O God, I think, wouldst therefore inhibit thy principal holy servants from contributing anything at all to this dangerous intimation of idolatry, and that the people might say, Surely these dead men are not so much to be magnified as men mistake, since God will not suffer his holy officers so much as to touch them, not to see them. But these dangers being removed, thou, O my God, dost certainly allow that we should do offices of piety to the dead, and that we should draw instructions to piety from the dead. Is not this, O my God, a holy kind of raising up seed to thy dead brother, if I, by the meditation of his death, produce a better life in myself? It is the blessing upon Reuben, let Reuben live and not die, and let not his men be few, Deuteronomy 33.6, let him propagate many. And it is a malediction, that that dieth, let it die, Zechariah 11.9, let it do no good in dying. For trees without fruit, thou by thy apostle called twice dead, Jude 12. It is a second death, if none live the better by me after my death, by the manner of my death. Therefore may I justly think that thou madest that a way to convey to the Egyptians a fear of thee and a fear of death, that there was not a house where there was not one dead, Exodus 12.30. For thereupon the Egyptians said, We are all dead men. The death of others should catechize us to death. Thy son Christ Jesus is the first begotten of the dead, Revelation 1.5. He rises first, the eldest brother, and he is my master in the science of death but yet for me I am a younger brother too, to this man who died now, and to every man whom I see or hear to die before me, and all they are ushers to me in this school of death. I take therefore that which thy servant David's wife said to him, to be said to me, If thou save not thy life to-night, to-morrow thou shalt be slain. 1 Samuel 19.11 If the death of this man work not upon me now, I shall die worse than if thou hadst not afforded me this help for thou hast sent him in this bell to me, as thou didst send to the angel of Sardis, with commission to strengthen the things that remain, and that they are ready to die, Revelation 3.2, that in this weakness of body I might receive spiritual strength by those occasions. This is my strength, that whether thou say to me, as thine angel said to Gideon, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die, Judges 6.23, or whether thou say, as unto Aaron, Thou shalt die there, Numbers 20.26, yet thou wilt preserve that which is ready to die, my soul, from the worst death, that of sin. Zimri died for his sins, says thy spirit, which he sinned in doing evil, and in his sin which he did to make Israel sin, 1 Kings 16.19. For his sins, his many sins, and then in his sin, his particular sin. For my sins I shall die whensoever I die, for death is the wages of sin but I shall die in my sin, in that particular sin of resisting thy spirit, if I apply not thy assistances. Doth it not call us to a particular consideration, that thy blessed Son varies his form of combination, and aggravates it in the variation, when he says to the Jews, because they refused the light offered, You shall die in your sin, John 8.21, and then when they proceeded to further disputations and vexations and temptations, he adds, You shall die in your sins, John 8.24. He multiplies the former expression to a plural. In this sin, and in all your sins, doth not the resisting of thy particular helps at last draw upon us the guiltiness of all our former sins? May not the neglecting of this sound ministered to me in this man's death, 
bring to me that misery so that I, whom the Lord of life loved so as to die for me, shall die, and a creature of mine own shall be immortal, that I shall die, and the worm of mine own conscience shall never die? Isaiah 66.24 18. Prayer O eternal and most gracious God, I have a new occasion of thanks, and a new occasion of prayer to thee from the ringing of this bell. Thou toldest me in the other voice that I was mortal and approaching to death. In this I may hear thee say, that I am dead in an irremediable, in an irrecoverable state for bodily health. If that be thy language in this voice, how infinitely am I bound to thy heavenly majesty for speaking so plainly unto me? For even that voice, that I must die now, is not the voice of a judge that speaks by way of condemnation, but of a physician that presents health in that. Thou presentest me death as a cure of my disease, not as the exaltation of it. If I mistake thy voice therein, if I overrun my pace and prevent thy hand, and imagine death more instant upon me than thou hast bid him be, yet the voice belongs to me. I am dead, I was born dead, and from the first laying of these mud walls in my conception, they have mouldered away, and the whole course of life is but an active death. Whether this voice instruct me that I am a dead man now, or remember me that I have been a dead man all this while, I humbly thank thee for speaking in this voice to my soul, and I humbly beseech thee also to accept my prayers in his behalf, by whose occasion this voice, this sound, is come to me. For though he be by death transplanted to thee, and so in possession of inexpressible happiness there, yet here upon earth thou hast given us such a portion of heaven, as that though men dispute whether thy saints in heaven do know what we in earth are particular do stand in need of, yet, without all disputation, we upon earth do know what thy saints in heaven lack yet for the consummation of their happiness, and therefore thou hast afforded us the dignity that we may pray for them, that therefore this soul, now newly departed to thy kingdom, may quickly return to a joyful reunion to that body which it hath left, and that we with it may soon enjoy the full consummation of all in body and soul, I humbly beg at thy hand, O our most merciful God, for thy Son Christ Jesus' sake, that that blessed Son of thine may have the consummation of his dignity by entering into his last office, the office of a judge, and may have society of human bodies in heaven, as well as he hath had ever of souls, and that as thou hatest sin itself, thy hate to sin may be expressed in the abolishing of all instruments of sin, the allurements of this world, and the world itself, and all the temporary revenges of sin, the stings of sickness and of death, and all the castles and prisons and monuments of sin, in the grave. That time may be swallowed up in eternity, and hope swallowed in possession, and ends swallowed in infiniteness, and all men ordained to salvation in body and soul be one entire and everlasting sacrifice to thee, where thou mayest receive delight from them, and they glory from thee for evermore. Amen. End of Devotion 18